0: Hello, and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm John Mark Grody And I'm Teresa Grody. And we're bringing to you another extraordinary, hopefully, conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty, in that order, uh, all the normal, everyday opportunities that Lord is sending us to try to be the saints that he's calling us to be. Uh, And we missed so many of them. We're trying to pick up on a few more that we've missed, and so that's what our conversations are about. Babe, how are you doing today? Good. Yeah, Good. 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 Good.
1: We're here. We have have a babysitter. Yeah. Well, our awkwardness (laughs) is our icebreaker, honey. Right, right,
0: right, right, right. yeah. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. And thank you for being here. We're glad to be here with you. Thank Uh, my
1: mom (laughs) for us being here. (laughs) Thank my brother for us being here. (laughs) Thank my Hakka breast pump for us being here. Especially,
0: especially the the real MVP. Anyway, uh, I wanted to talk to uh, you today about... Uh, something I've been thinking about lately, kind of a, a mindset, kind of a, you know, a, a little mental reframing tool that's been helpful. Um, I'm titling it Good, Better, Best. I'm sure somebody else has thought of this. It's just nothing super new, but it's just helping us think through how we plan, how we set expectations in the messiness of family life. We'll get to that in a moment. I want to remind everybody, as usual, if they go to elevateordinary.com, find more information about the show, about our patron community, Saint, uh, the Manor at St. Anne's. Check that out there, as well as uh, archives of this show and all kinds of other good stuff from Awakened Catholics. So check that out. And so, yeah, back to the show here. Oh, also, uh, Rob Holler at Key Realty. Huh. Great guy, sponsors the show. Love Rob. Check him out. Looking for a home. Good guy. Alrighty, babe. So what I want to talk about today, <laughs> um, I've been thinking about this lately with regards to, you know, as we develop— we talk a lot about, you know, family life, you can't systematize it. You can come up with some ideas. You can try things out. You can learn from other people, but ultimately it's a journey. It's a messy journey. It's a lot of lives crashing together and trying to work out as you're going. So it takes a lot of experimentation, a lot of uh, trying things and uh, adjusting them and trying them out. Okay. So that's a perpetual thing. You know, we're 12 years into marriage now. I got it right this time. First time. (laughs) Um, We've figured a lot of things out. We've tried a lot of things that have worked, tried a lot of things that haven't worked, that we've adjusted, that we've thrown out, tried again. Uh, And it's a continual process. Okay, I've had in my mind lately, I don't know where it necessarily came from, but what's been coming to me uh, in many instances in our family life where we're trying to implement something, or we're, we're doing a familiar thing that just needs a lot of work, like you know dinner time or prayer time or mass with the kids or an outing with the kids, things like that. You know these mm-hmm. messy scenarios that we're always trying to troubleshoot, trying to figure out, trying to make them better. I've had this phrase in my mind of good, better, best in my mind lately, and and again I don't know where it came from, but what I was what came to my mind in some of these situations was recognizing that a distinction between uh, the, the the true ideal that we might have. You know what we might envision, what we might dream about, um, and then and then what's good enough for today, mm-hmm. and what's the better we're working towards, and thinking about those ahead of time so that we set the right expectations. Um, and there's a lot of ways that when we don't do that, that it falls apart. So let me get some examples here. Um, I mean, one thing that we often do in life, not just in this uh, setting of thinking about family life, but we we often in life because we're afraid of being disappointed we often never really think of truly the best right what do i really want in our marriage not just what's kind of narrowly imaginable now given our you know where we've been so far cuz that, that's mm-hmm. been my life i'm not sure if that's true for you but all throughout my life i've kept into narrow comfort zone of what i already am comfortable with and what i can kind of already imagine but no further than mm-hmm. that you have the I, same thing
1: no actually <laughs> 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 from, it's just
0: me. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm a very ambitious person. Mm-hmm. So, I'm always looking at the biggest thing, and nothing is too big for me, and I can do anything I set my mind to. Right. Um, it wasn't until we got into family life where I realized that I now have other people in my life um, that are my vocation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, going from a really selfish, self centered, ambitious life. To trying to figure out what it looked like to be happy, like mentally happy, happy in my relationship, happy in my motherhood without aiming for perfectionism.
0: Yeah.
1: Like it's, it's hard to describe because it's not like I wouldn't be okay with something that wasn't perfect. But mm-hmm. it was like I was managing my children as if they were like children mm-hmm. and not Dominic, right. Lucy. Yeah, it's one thing
0: to be a person, (laughs) a goal-oriented person who thinks of the true ideal when you're on your own. Mm -hmm. When you have to do that as part of a group, it's a different matter, right? And so,
1: and and particularly, you know, with with issues in the postpartum period, realizing that I really need to take care of myself and Mm -hmm. take care of my body, uh, my body in particular, um, made me almost take a step back and be more lazy Mm -hmm. And more day-focused, like, we're just going to get through this day. Mm -hmm. Even if it's nachos for three meals, like, we're just going to get through this day. Um, And those are important sometimes, okay? You're, like, bare minimum mode, as Jennifer Weiler calls it, you know? Um, and. But like you can't have them forever, right? Or you'll go crazy. Well, that, so that's, this this is yeah. so I came at it a different angle. No, this is good, but this is that,
0: that's that's part of what the topic I want to talk about today is that we need to have both of those in our lives, and we need to think through them ahead of time, uh, as as we're able, because they they both have a role. So again, on the best side, the ideal side, um, and especially we're speaking specifically in the context of a group of, of a marriage, that. Um, there has to be, uh, like, so again, we'll use an example of like family prayer. One part of that discussion that should happen ahead of time from actually implementing that in a family is uh, focusing on the the best, you know, the the dream that you have. Now, again, sometimes we shrink back from doing that because we, we feel we want to be realistic. We don't want to be disappointed. We're kind of afraid of dreaming big. Um, and so we don't do that. It's necessary to dream big, okay, in any part of your life. Um, it's not the whole picture. It's not the only thing, but it is a necessary piece. You need to really honestly ask yourself and God as a part of this discussion, like, what do I really, what would it be, what am I aiming towards? Because you will hit in the direction of what you're aiming towards. And that's why you have all the sappy phrases about shooting shooting for the moon and hitting the stars mm-hmm. or something like that. Like you have to aim high. If you aim low, you'll definitely hit low. If you aim high, you still may miss, but you're mm-hmm. going to get in the in the direction of something better. You have to aim high. And there's something really valuable about again um, uh, imagining the ideal here, and we'll come back to this because we're going to work through some examples. But that's one piece of this: is that we need to we do need to think about the ideal. What's the what would we, we love dinner time at the Grotta household to look like?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What would we like family time to look like? What would we want mass to look like? I'm, what would a,
1: I'm already what rolling What would a normal
0: daily routine? What would a garden look like? Like we want, like there's a necessary piece of dreaming that. Okay, that's one piece. Now, the other side of that is then focusing on okay we have a dream we're working towards we've talked about it we're excited about it. we're working towards that obviously recognizing you have to take that a step at a time um and i think one of the important things i've had in my life my mind lately is thinking about like what is what is the good and the better mm-hmm. in terms of today uh and and also by virtue by implication like what's the what's the actual bad and let me get really into example cuz i want you to understand what i'm getting at here when we go to like a family prayer at our home and we've been working on this in different you know modalities over the years you know to various degrees of success it's so easy to come at something like that either with the ideal so much in mind unrealistically that you're disappointed yeah. but also um because you haven't really thought through the good better best you haven't thought through the scenarios to come in with the wrong metric of success in mind mm-hmm. you come in and subconsciously your metric for what a successful family prayer time looks like
1: it's been <laughs> is, a successful family is not just time.
0: unrealistic, but it's something that's actually quite contrary to what a successful prayer time would look like. And the good example of this is going into a prayer time with high expectations, <laughs> maybe a little bit frayed nerves and getting upset instantly because the kids are antsy that night and you end up angry and you end up yelling and everybody ends up mad and upset and you realize if you rewind the tape looking back that it, you need to articulate to yourself and perhaps to your spouse like what's what's really the minimum good that we want to shoot for here you know what does an actual failed family prayer time look like
1: mm-hmm.
0: a failed family prayer time is not one where the kids don't focus it's not one where the little kids are antsy it's not one where not everybody was able to to focus and and be on cloud nine and going into contemplation. Mm-hmm. You know, a failed prayer time is where I lose my cool and I and I get angry, mm-hmm. right? If no one is able to focus well a particular night, but I stay patient mm-hmm. and we're able to laugh it off, and I'm able to show them love even in the midst of the messiness, that is that might be the good. And that's again what I want to what I want to think through here is contrast. We might have an ideal, and that's important to dream big and to have something you're aiming at, but also to articulate what's the but but short of that today, what's the good? What's the good enough for today? What does that look like? What does that involve, and what does that exclude? Because again, the minimum effective uh, you know victory today might be that the main thing I just got to not do is not get angry, mm-hmm. even if this doesn't turn out well today. I can always adjust it. I can always fine tune it. That's the better mm-hmm. on our way to the best. You know, uh, in heaven, right? but I need to get real clear on what what's the metric for success in something like this so that I can focus on the right thing so that I cannot get bent out of shape. Mm-hmm. I've talked a lot. What do you think? So,
1: um, you, I'm going to say this and yeah. then you're going to have to help me think through it as sure. this is normal in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a book and this <laughs> I don't even remember what this book is called. Mm-hmm. I saw the cover of it on lots and lots of Instagram stories, you know, Catholic moms reading it and saying, mm-hmm. oh, this changed my life. And maybe if I... To read it, it would change my life. Okay, but because I didn't read it, yeah, I'm only seeing the fallout of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like in a in a certain way, I have, I'm seeing something mm-hmm. and observing it. Okay, without knowing what's causing it. All yeah. right, so that there's some merit to that. Um, I'm thinking like a historian here. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and aside, really cool thing, when you are a biographer, uh-huh. okay. And you're writing history about somebody's mind. Yes, you can never actually get into that person's mind. Uh-huh. Um, so it is—it's like kind of like a mystery, like mm. a mystical event that you can't really look into. And even if you read their memoirs, they're still not always totally honest about themselves. Mm. Or you read—I don't know. Anyway, so I, that's what made me think of like right, observing right. the book, but then observing like the fallout of it yeah. without actually the having read the book.
0: Splash that it made in the community. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, actually what my master's thesis was on. Um, so, well, not this book.
0: doesn't matter if you're still listening.
1: Here comes my point (laughs) (laughs) is that I saw this book come out and lots and lots of women were like putting it on their Instagram and saying how it's going to change the way that they be, they are mothers. I, I allowed messy myself to be messy. And I like took pride in being a hot mess dumpster fire mom. Um, and now I'm going to dress really well and I'm going to really look presentable and we're going to take back beauty and motherhood, What, which I think by what they mean by what someone means by beauty may be different to other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, and now I see a lot of more put together, well put together Instagram things. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting here thinking about earning, earning the ability to have peace in your motherhood Mm -hmm. because a lot of these moms were not first-time moms, Mm -hmm. second-time moms. They're like veteran moms, Mm -hmm. okay? And I've been in that place now too where I was all put together when we got married and had our first kid. And even with our first kid, you know, it was like, oh, we can take the baby everywhere now. And it's so easy. We can continue to live this lifestyle while I take my baby everywhere. We're awesome Catholic family, okay? Okay. But then baby number two came. And maybe this isn't baby number two for you. Maybe this is baby number three, okay? The the one, the one that like- That broke you. Breaks you, yes, (laughs) absolutely. The one that breaks everything you think you are. And you do fall into this, like you're wrestling with perfectionism and you're wrestling with your ideals and you're wrestling with like everything you dreamed for your family to be while you're watching it fall apart. And you Mm -hmm. have no way of recouping it you know, there's not enough help. There's not enough husband. Our relationship is different now. You know, like I don't recognize the thoughts in my own head. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, I just, I'm so tired. I'm tired all the time. We don't sleep. We don't, you know, like all these, all these things and all of your ideals or, or your kids' personalities, like, Oh, my sweet, amazing firstborn now runs from me every time we leave a place. And I have to waddle my fat pregnant butt somewhere to get him while he's already outstripped me going the other direction. You know, like it you just get beaten down. But when you persist mm. and you work through and you fix and you reevaluate and you're willing to be wrong and you're willing to accept.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't even remember if I said it in this episode, but nachos three times a day. Okay, <laughs> when your husband's out of town. It's like no, it wasn't this episode. I think it was the, the previous one. It doesn't <laughs> I think matter. You're right. But like the the point is, is that when when you start to let all of those dreams and things mm-hmm. that you had for your family yeah. that were unimplementable until you knew the personalities and the people you God was going to give you, yeah. die a terrible, terrible death, a death on a cross. <laughs> okay, then the resurrection becomes real. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself on the other side, in peace, in the ability to, people start saying to you, I wish I was patient like you. Mm. And you're like, (laughs) you're just like so taken aback that you can't even speak. (laughs) And you just want to tell them all the bad things you've ever done so that they realize that you're not just a patient. (laughs) But (laughs) the thing is, is that I think that the moms who were reacting to that book Mm. Our moms who have already earned that, you know, Mm -hmm. who have already died to self in a bajillion different ways. Well, not earned it, but they've they've earned it through the merits of the cross, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, you know, of giving of yourself so fully and uniting it with the cross of Christ that you come out the other end and you're like, yes, I will. Now that my children are older, I can, you know, do these things, you know, and if my husband goes out of town and I've got all the kids together, then maybe it looks again like... Not just three times a
0: day. That's really interesting. So there's a a direction I want to take this that I hadn't intended necessarily for this conversation, but it makes me think, you know, one of the, the, one of the deals here, again, we're thinking about, you know, bad, good, better, best, you know, we often have arguments as human beings um, that really pivot around different stages of a journey um, and people are in their stage and they're only seeing it from Mm -hmm. their particular stage. Um, so maybe we'll call this this episode Good, Better, Best, and Bicycles because C.S. Lewis <laughs> had this essay called On Bicycles, and it's this great little essay. You can look it up online where he is having this imagined dialogue with a friend, and they're describing what he calls the four stages of enchantment. Um, and uh, it's really worth reading, but basically what he, what he points out is that in anything in life, you, you go through these four stages in your relationship to the thing or the activity or the role or whatever it might be. And he gives the example of bicycles. There's a time in your life when you're young, you don't know what a bicycle is yet. It It doesn't really exist in your mental universe. You don't care about it. It's, it's, it's just out there. Then you learn to ride a bicycle and you become enchanted. That's that next stage. Suddenly it's like the biggest thing in your universe. You know, the joy of being able to ride it up right, having figured it out, the flying through the air, the freedom, like we've all, if you ever learned to ride a bicycle, you've had that experience of like, this is just the coolest thing. And it really is. Okay. Then at some point it becomes boring. You become disenchanted. And he gives the example of the guy who's now grown and now has to drive his bicycle to work. And it's kind of a, a a droll thing and it's boring and and it's, it kind of, he dreads it, you know, he disenchanted. But then he also describes then the the re-enchantment, the maturing, the mature re-enchantment that that occurs where there was something in that original enchantment that was true. There was something that was false. The falsehood has fallen away. That's why you became disenchanted. But you've rediscovered the truth in a mature way. Mm -hmm. Now, the issue is sometimes you meet people who have either never been enchanted in the first place. They're Mm -hmm. unenchanted. Or you have people who are stuck in their disenchantment. Yeah and so given what you were talking about like we this is often i think an issue in parenting advice and marriage advice and family you know advice is that people are at different stages of that journey mm-hmm. and sometimes they're speaking from a place of deep disenchantment mm-hmm. you know they're they're in the turmoil they're in the difficult times you know, that that come and go and they're speaking from that and you have to take it with a grain of salt um bringing it back to this particular topic of the good better best i think part of the way that we can avoid maybe swinging too wildly in the journey between maybe the discouragement and maybe the unrealistic idealism Mm -hmm. is recognizing that part of the the prudent life involves straightforwardly facing up to both of those. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we only we only focus on either the extremely, maybe unrealistically positive and the negative because we're being led by our emotions versus saying, no, let's talk about on the one hand. Our dreams. Let's dream big. What would what would we, what would the amazing things that we could do in our family life that we want to work towards? But with that in mind, let's also anticipate the difficulties. Let's also set uh, a, a realistic metric for what a successful family dinner yeah. or prayer time is going to look like. Um, yeah.
1: So, as a gardener, as now an experienced gardener, right? When you see new gardeners start, yeah, it's not like I want to be like, oh, these stupid people that like, look at those mistakes you're making. Like quite often now my prayer is like, like, Lord, please don't let them stop. Yeah, You know, that I can see, I can see what's going to unfold this, this gardening season for this person because of this thing that they did. Um, that is a total new thing, like newbie thing. And that I would have done noob, whatever, um, thing, um, that I have done in the past. And rather than be like, Oh, these stupid new gardeners. Like my, my prayer truly is like, Lord, please don't let them stop. Please let them see and learn and be like, I'm going to do it harder next year. (laughs) I'm going to do it better. I've learned from this mistake. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of like, we talked about this with our postpartum episode, you know, where I kind of joked and I was like, well, next time. And then I'm like, well, you know, this is our sixth kid and I'm I'm getting older. (laughs) (laughs) Like God willing, there's a next time. But that is the, I didn't get to the point where I was like, we need to sterilize ourselves mm. or we need to throw NFP, you know, out the door, which we, actually, we've had a hundred percent success rate with NFP up to this point. And some, so at some point we'll do an episode on that. Um, but it was always like, okay, this postpartum period sucked mm. next time. What am I going to do? Right. You know, yeah. um, be, uh, yeah. Well, so.
0: let's talk about gardening for a second. Cause I think you can apply this to just about anything in your life. I think it's really helpful. Again, gardening is a great example here. It's not wrong to start out and get excited with gardening about mm-hmm. all the, the idealistic things. like And it's right. And the family, the beauty of it. No, all, yeah. It's, it's right. It's like,
1: very right.
0: You should be you dreaming big that and loving it. Like that's, that's a part of the process is not to not to not dream big. Like So again, you have to combine the idealism with the realism here. That's mm-hmm. like the prudent life. So you start, yeah, dream big about what you would love to see someday. You want to be able to feed your family out of your garden. You imagine your family out with you weeding together, like this this recurring thing year after year that you love. Beautiful. Here I
1: am. Here I am. I'm disenchanted. Beautiful. I'm rolling my on. eyes and shaking <laughs> yeah. I had when you said family weeding together out in the garden, and all I could think of is like, yeah, kids trampling all your plants and killing them. So you have no food for the winter.
0: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But then right, as you get into it, and you've you've encouraged a lot of people, right? Like like I mean, set the metric for success here. The first year you're doing it or the first five years you're doing it, whatever. You know, a failure is just maybe giving up. I mean, that's that's it. That's yes. the only thing. Yeah. Whereas I mean, success is that you you gave it a good college try the first year. You mm-hmm. got out there, you got to know your soil a little bit. You, your son. You, you planted something. You gave it a try, <laughs> you know, like uh and it's been amazing. Like with the garden stuff. Um, I mean, you focused on a lot more than I have. Um, and I I'm just kind of the support crew sometimes, I suppose. Yeah
1: but that hay bale there. yeah right
0: (laughs) but like it started very humbly on our patio at our apartment like Uh, the the beginning of our marriage like a few pots on the patio that and we were getting and we were we were wide-eyed uh (laughs) idealistic at that point we were reading chesterton we were just you know distributism and the family farm and the whole thing like we were we had and there's nothing wrong with that it was good but the main thing is that we didn't give up even though we had yeah. some really bad no let me you know, tell failures. you that, let me yeah, tell ahead.
1: you the setback because this <laughs> yeah, is sure, the exact sure. reason why yeah. people get disenchanted and they'll right. be like, I'm never doing this thing that was hard again. yeah, okay. We worked so hard on a very tiny tiny income yeah. to have these potters little like little potters on our patio. and one had this cherry tomato and I wanted Dominic to have a cherry tomato. Mm-hmm. God bless her. this woman would ride her chair, you know, and visit people and talk to people. And she kept telling me, kids are stealing your cherry tomatoes as they go, as they get ripe. And I'm just like, in one ear, out the other. There's like a hundred on this bush. Like, actually, it was a phenomenal cherry tomato bush. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm just like, oh, in one ear, out the other. Mm -hmm. One day I came home and she picked every single cherry tomato, green, put it in a bag and said, set them on the windowsill, they'll ripen. And I, like... It was like the entire gardening year was finished with zero, like nothing to show for it. No delicious cherry tomato. And I'm just like, but next year, (laughs) you don't remember that? no. Yeah. And we threw them all away because I didn't know how to ripen tomatoes on a windowsill. Okay. They just like (laughs) sat there and weren't getting ripe. So, but then the next year we put in another garden (laughs) and that one failed. That one had a bear attack it. And a oh, bunch of bees. the bear attack.
0: What the bear attack? Alleged, <laughs> alleged bear, bear attack.
1: bear dug up the bees.
0: <laughs> it sure looked like a bear.
1: Third garden. <laughs> I mean, like every garden was just yeah. like a massive waste of time. Right. But it wasn't a waste of time because I learned, I learned how to garden. Yeah. And I began to recognize weeds from Seeds and like how right. things grew and the kind of support they needed, even if at the end of those several years, we did not get a harvest mm-hmm. beyond like a handful of beans, right. <laughs> you know, or a few peas.
0: Whereas it, there were moments throughout that time period that you thought, I'm sure I thought, I don't have the memory that you do, that like, is this ever going to, because this is a lot of work and a lot of fuss, is this ever yeah. going to be different? Where is it now?
1: I thought I was going to have no garden this year because well, I had a baby. baby on March 29th. But
0: it's beautiful. Even, it is even, the best Even in spite garden. of it being imperfect, you know, planning and implementing.
1: I just made a bunch of fermented sauerkraut the other day from cabbages from Girl, my garden. Fermented sauerkraut. Yeah. Awesome. Fermented. A lot. We, ferment, we ferment a lot. We'll, of, we'll put up a Saturday. picture of it. It's
0: a pretty beautiful garden.
1: Yeah. But the, I mean, I didn't think I was going to have a garden this year. Yeah. But I knew things that I didn't know before. Right. I knew when I was going to, like, that I wasn't going to start my own. It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. I'm, I could go down a big rabbit hole about my garden. I could talk for hours, <laughs> yeah. hours about my garden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But the point is, is that, um, no, you tell me the point. I the don't know. Point the point is. is. <laughs> are we still recording? Yeah, I don't even both know.
0: Both of those sides are important, right? Like, we have to have, we need to have big <laughs> ideals in mind because if we don't dream big, if we don't if we keep our dreaming constrained by what we can already imagine or that we're already comfortable with then we're, we're not going to live the great lives that God wants us to live. He doesn't want us to imagine what he might calling be calling us to and limit that to our imagination. Mm-hmm. That's that's us yes. living life on Amen. our turns terms. We need to turn it around and say, "Lord, no no, it, what you might you be calling to me? What, what what's the the beautiful dream that you might have for our family you need to and he speaks to you through your own imagination desires but you have to let him loose so i mean let's take another example of family prayer time again what might that look like ideally like we you know imagine us all together our children are older they all have a deep intimate relationship with Christ. They love the sacraments. You know, they're they're involved in their faith. We come together for family prayer. We're praying out loud. They recognize just, when they're empty. We love it. They come, yeah. and
1: what needs to fill them. Right. I mean, like that, that really is
0: That's what we're working yeah. towards. Like uh, and so there's all we, we could keep imagining that and it's important to imagine that and dream that. Okay. Then on the other hand, where we are now, <laughs> like, you know, family life is messy. Prayer time is messy. We have a 10-year-old down through a three month old and Um, you never know going into like lately we've been praying Vespers with singthehours.org check out singthehours.org we're going to get Paul Rose on here one of these days to talk about his wonderful project a daily recorded uh, recording of uh, Lods and Vespers morning and evening prayer chanted mixture of Latin and English so beautiful singthehours.org we've been praying Vespers every night with sing the hours Mm -hmm. with this podcast the YouTube video Um, it's very beautiful we love it but it's again it's a mixed bag. You know, some nights we come together and the, you know the kids are relatively focused and they enjoy it and it's good and you know, there's only a, a a modest amount of, you know, kicking and, you know, yeah. <laughs> weasling around and all that. And then some nights it's just a mess, okay? And and again, the key that I want I want to talk about here, again it's been on my my heart lately, is that I, I I have a, a good, better, best in mind. Like if it happens one day that it's just a truly amazing prayer time, that's great. But at minimum, what does a successful prayer time look like? For, what's the good enough for today?
1: When I don't get angry. And that's a key yeah. thing.
0: And when we think through that, we recognize, yeah. oh, I, I may have been subconsciously putting a really high uh, metric, an unrealistic metric here. When what I need to focus on is simply not like losing my cool. Like that will be a successful prayer mm-hmm. time. If we if we show up, if we're kind and charitable, we give it the old college try mm-hmm. and we don't get frustrated or too frustrated if yeah. it doesn't go. Family meals are another thing like that too. Mm-hmm. Again, you can dream and you ought to dream big about what you want that to look like, your family culture, the conversation, and you want to work towards that. Mm-hmm. But today, what, what today am I going to do? Well, I'm going to get the kids to eat. I'm well, not going to... Yell too much at the table, or, or, like, or what's a little bit uh, another step I can take from yesterday to make it a little bit better?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're we're ready yeah. in ways to deal with the mess mm-hmm. and to be calm in the mess. Right. It is harder when you have children and you're dealing with their vices and their sins. Mm. You know, like I'm like, oh, you know, like you worked really hard. Yeah. Like I'm not the kind of person who's like, if you don't want to eat my meal, mm-hmm. I don't really care. I'll eat my meal. It's delicious. I want to eat your meal. You know, but well, like the point is, is that it's not something that I have a propensity to be angry about. Like mm. my, my worth isn't in my meals, mm-hmm. but like to watch our kids be so ungrateful. Like it's not so much that they didn't eat the food that I prepared. It's like they're ungrateful, mm. you know? And, and I'm, I, yeah, I'm not, it's all of them. It's not just one I'm calling out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, or like to watch a kid lie to get out of prayer. You know what I mean? Like those things are things that can really pull you down into despair mm-hmm. and into like anger and into like I all of the all of the choices you've made to this point with this one particular child. Yeah. Like come to your forefront and you're like I have to smash this out of them right now. Yeah. Because look how how like the sinful and vicious I've allowed them to get and I got to smash it out of them right now. Mm. And if you if you can keep yourself from like that's very hard. Yeah. It's easy to imagine poop. It's not easy to imagine your child sinning. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm not like it's, it's something that hurts. It hurts and scares you, like yeah. actually terrifies you. Cause I, I'm immediately like, they're going to become an ax murderer down into the future and right. end up in jail and all bad kinds of stuff that's going to happen to them in jail. When like they say, I'm going to go to the bathroom and they just like go into another room, <laughs> wait for prayer to be over. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, well, let's talk more about th- through the good here. I mean, thinking about family prayer, thinking about dinner time, thinking about mass. Um, you know, uh, what are the things that we want to focus on, uh, especially when things are at their messiest? Like the minimum.
1: Sorry, like, I have a new baby.
0: <laughs> you know what are the, what are those goods? You know, like the good enough for today, the things that we want to make to to do that constitute a a victory and the things we want to avoid that are the true losses. Mm. What do you think there?
1: Well, gosh, being grounded in the present moment Mm. is really like, if I have done that all day, if I've been able to turn to each person and be present, right? and you know, like we went blueberry picking this morning. Right got up super duper early cuz yep. I will not miss the first day of blueberry picking cuz that's when they're the biggest <laughs> <laughs> the money blueberries and here. the money blue- and the kids like just they pick them all and wow. so it's easy it's easy um so we went blueberry picking today and the kids were good mm-hmm. but they weren't as good as I was expecting mm-hmm. like when we went strawberry picking the other day they were really good they were perfect yeah um which never has happened before, so I don't know why I was expecting anything else. <laughs> is this this is actual real time going through good, better, best, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but no, like, like keeping myself in the present moment and not getting passive aggressive. Yeah. You know, or not being like, "It's all a waste." Everyone's gonna think I'm a horrible failure as a mother.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, even though we're alone in a blueberry patch, like, <laughs> where are these other people coming from? <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Um you know and just being able to like to like turn to each kid yeah and be like it's not the worst thing in the world if the baby is crying it's right. not the worst thing in the world if i'm standing in the middle of the blueberry patch nursing a baby. Right. You know yeah, that's like staying it's present. not the worst thing in the world. Right. Again that's kind of what you're talking about more. just
0: just before there like it's so easy in the moment when things are messy right to to uh to leave the moment mm-hmm. and flee into the future into worrying about the future or to regretting the past
1: in other people's brains
0: and again that, that's a great thing to have ahead of time like that's a loss okay prayer time that's messy that's not that's not a, a fail a prayer time where like i'm not, the kids don't focus the way they should that's not a fail prayer where i'm i'm a little distracted that's not a fail prayer time where i let myself maybe fall into anxiety about the future in the past and it completely pulls me away from the moment maybe that's the The thing I need to focus on not Mm -hmm. doing, even if it remains messy. Because once that happens, right, that's then the spiral of being angry and and losing my cool and all this kind of stuff. Staying, merely staying present, even to the discomfort, that might be a Mm -hmm. a big win for today and the win that makes the good the better next time.
1: Um, Another win is a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we're actually going to do an episode with a special guest about mindset. So I don't want to talk too much about it now. but. I was telling you the other day that my best friend, when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, she was the kind of person who she would never think like, I went to work. This is like before people couldn't go to work when they were sick. Yeah. yeah. I went to work and I was sick and I, you know, like, and I threw up at work and I, I had to keep working through. And I find myself like this, like, I have to keep working through this sickness. She would have been like, she'd be like, I threw up at work. Yeah. I threw up a work <laughs> and I got right back out there and Mailed I started working.
0: It. Stuck the landing. <laughs> <She's> like,
1: yeah. And it occurred to me just the other day that like, I have a lot of those sad sack moments now right. where I'm like, oh. I have to do these things, <laughs> and this is the worst possible time. Instead of being like, "Yeah, yeah," my kid threw up, and I got it right in the washer. Girl, bam, high five! Yeah, yeah, right in the toilet. So, avoiding sad
0: sackery is one of the yeah, uh, that's a good, a good, that's a good thing to aim for, for in the in the in the good. Of the day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a wet blanket
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to yourself. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you're talking earlier really about, about you know kids and the, the being bewildered sometimes by their behavior. Like, uh, not letting yourself be bewildered is an important one. Right, like that, it's part of staying present here. Like I, I can't fix it all in the moment, but in the moment, like I need to remain present. I need to remain charitable. I need to remain sort of secure in my relationship with God, so that I'm not like falling to pieces. Mm -hmm. Right? There's a there's a sort of expecting the unexpected. I guess is part of maybe (laughs) family messy situations. There, um, you know, mass is another good one I think to think about because maybe our ideal might be you know i have the whole family there and they're all focused and they're all looking and they're all gazing and all we're all like you know ascending mm-hmm. it to contemplation and that's that's all good we're going to work toward that right but today what it might be is that i i'm not able to be fully as consciously engaged as i want to be but again i can stay i can hold on to my peace that that virtue of patience that we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about i can hold on to that even while i'm you know wrestling mm-hmm. the, the the octopus you know, and I can make that part of my prayer mm-hmm. that I am, I am, I'm keeping my peace while I'm dealing with this. I'm riding the yeah. wave rather than getting, you know, kind of falling out of it.
1: I used to think that, like, the worst case scenario for mass mm-hmm. would be having children who didn't obey me. Right. <laughs> I know. I look at yeah. When kids,
0: when kids are, are the well, what worst if, what case scenario for
1: mass. <laughs> I'm not joking. This is the worst right. case scenario for mass for me. Is when I. Yeah. Have embarrassed myself mm-hmm. in front of everyone else yeah. because I acted like a baby, you yeah. know what I mean, or yeah. I acted like a, a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah, danger. worst case
0: scenario for me, is and when that I, has
1: happened. Is when I Even get to this. leaving mass crying is better than that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Getting to the sign of peace, and I'm kind of like, I need to go to confession. I, I shouldn't yeah, receive. Should Eucharist I receive you, Chris? So like, I've been gotten so angry. Like that's whereas you know you can you can ride the wave of messiness. But hold on to the peace, you know, and just accept that that that's good enough for today. Mm-hmm. It's good enough that I didn't reciprocate with with anger, or I didn't I didn't get desponded. well. And I, yeah. I don't
1: want people to think that we don't ever reciprocate with just anger, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because yeah. like today, after blueberry picking, mm-hmm. the two year old. Mm-hmm climbed into like got unbuckled climbed into the car seat the mm-hmm. my my driver's seat mm-hmm. okay while the car was running and was pushing buttons okay <laughs> and now these cars start with the push of a button instead of like doing all kinds of gears mm-hmm. because we need convenience from a gear yeah. I don't know um and I was still loading people and that could have been a, that could have been extremely serious yeah. and I reacted with just anger because he cannot do that again mm-hmm. that is Serious safety, but every other mishap that had occurred that whole blueberry time when right. that two year old was like the one liability <laughs> for everyone, yeah. it was patience and redirection and whatever. But so I I don't want to like say that. Yeah, yeah I don't want I, I don't want to mischaracterize us when well, you see and, me, <laughs> when yeah. you see me give and, a kid a gonna, swat it's on the butt. Happen sometime,
0: but even, even then, like what's the what's the good? Is that I, I recoup myself. If, if I've gotten angry, well, I was have. I hadn't yeah.
1: gotten passionate. It sure. was something he needed to be shocked about never yeah. doing
0: again. <laughs> but I guess the, the point I want to make here too is another another application of the good, better, best thing is uh sometimes again we we're, we're striving for the ideal and we get a little too attached to it in a, on a on a particular day, and then when we lose hold of it, it's not just that we get upset, but then we just sort of like give up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I've often thought about this with our prayer time. So we have about I think. F- on an ideal day where everything goes right, I think we have four or five times we pray briefly as a family throughout the day. Yeah. Not not really including meals. I mean, we have morning Oh, offering.
1: not including meals. Some of them. No, some of them.
0: <laughs> including meals. Yeah, maybe five or six, actually. But the point is, is that there, are, there, were some, there have been some days where just, we didn't sleep well and we're grumpy and the morning didn't go well, where it's like we've gone the rest of the day and we've kind of just skipped them all, mm-hmm. right? And so... One of the things I've had in mind too is like, the, again, there's the good, better, best here too. Like morning, our, our morning prayer at breakfast time involves some singing and involves the gospel. It has this, it's this beautiful thing when we do it right. If I'm, if, if we're not feeling up to it that particular morning or we're in a rush, well, what's the good? But well, we still prayed, mm-hmm. you know, we still prayed or or maybe, maybe we prayed and we just sang the Our Father. We've been doing that lately, a, a few uh, morning prayer times. Instead of doing the gospel reading from the day, because I lost my Magnificat, we just sang the Our Father, which we've been practicing with the kids, mm. and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, there's this is good, like there there's the ideal, and we'll get back to that, but for today, this is good enough because mm-hmm. we still showed up, we still did it, and we we added we, we put something into it. Yeah. So again, having those in mind, so that even like again, you're striving toward an ideal, and that's important. That's that's part of having your heart oriented towards some beautiful ideal dreams. Like that's important, but being realistic about. What's good enough for today? What constitutes a real win today? Mm-hmm. And it usually involves you not, yeah. <laughs> not losing your your cool. Uh, and what would involve a real loss, which is that, you know, so I've found that really helpful to be thinking about. So good, better, best. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Uh, hopefully that, some of that's encouraging and helpful to you. Again, messy, family life is just messy um, and keeping practicing the right mindsets and keeping them is important. We're going to have more conversations about that soon with Leah Darrow. Hopefully one of these days, I mean,
1: with someone, Shmia, Shmero? <laughs> Errol Flynn. No, <laughs> I think he's dead. I don't know. Oh, God. Anyway. He's definitely dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. Uh, again, uh, go to elevateordinary.com for more information about the show, learn about our Patreon community, access the archives, all that good stuff. And hey, we'll be with you again next time. thanks you for joining us for this episode. God bless.